Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade filled movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. Um, and I'm William. Jo- <laughs> I, have nothing. I have nothing. We we the just struggle is real, folks. <laughs> yeah, we just had we just had like a very like uh, humbling or not humbling, but just just uh, what's the word you use when it's like a deep? Yeah, I wouldn't say deep either. It's it's more like uh, sobering. We we, yeah. we had a very sobering discussion before this recording, so I'm still recovering from that. But okay. don't worry about that. We're all good, guys. Don't worry, darling. I'm fine. <laughs> right. Oh, look at you segue there. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we're damn glad to have you folks. Uh, this is all for tantrum's sake. We're shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. And as Will twinkled right there, we're going to be talking about Don't Worry Darling, which has been recommended by our guest, Katie Glywell, back again on the Cinephile Hissy Fit. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> but um, this is a unique situation that has happened to me, but that has not happened to Will in the Cinefile Hissy Fit podcast history. Mm-hmm. Normally, there's some weird ass horror movie that Don hasn't seen where I'm the guy just kind of checked out and yawning as the moderator on the side. But uh, this is actually a movie Will hasn't seen that Katie and I have. So um, she will be the guest that goes first. She will get five uninterrupted minutes to shower her praise and state her high minded case, if that's the case, for the film. Um, any hater or the second voice will come up next with five uninterrupted minutes of their own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorch earth or handshake agreement. After that, we're going to thumb Will to the side and open it up to shared conversation where the hits of it really gets chippy. More than anything, Will doesn't want this movie spoiled, and I kind of don't blame him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, there's. I've heard. I've heard things. You know, I've heard that the biggest. What thing have you that heard? I've- well, the biggest thing that I've heard about this movie, at least from, you know, contemporaries, contemporary film critics and and friends and colleagues and, and, and Rotten Tomatoes and things like that, is that apparently there is a twist in this. And apparently the twist is so obvious when you look at the film. Now, mm. I probably am dumber than a bag of rock hammers. And I get that. Like, I don't have any ideas. I'm not good at that stuff. So I have no ideas what the twist could be. Apparently, okay. when I start watching the movie, I'm supposed to know immediately what the twist is because that seems to be everybody's take. So mm-hmm. that's that's primarily why I don't want to be spoiled. I, I mean, I still hold that stance. I mean, I, I plan on seeing this movie, but I still hold that stance about Will Smith's seven pounds because everyone told me there's a twist with that. I still haven't seen it, but I've asked no one to ever tell me what the twist is because <laughs> okay. maybe one day I will watch it and find out what this amazing twist is. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I will, I am planning on seeing this when it comes out. Um, so I would like to maintain some of the, the thing, but, uh, like I said, I, I want to be on an episode cause I'm a glory hog and I want to actually have people hear my voice, <laughs> but also I, I, I feel like we're kind of like living in this weird, don't worry, darling, like pocket universe right now where like shit is happening, <laughs> like within that, like bubble of people and stuff and it's just causing this endless news cycle and it's fascinating and i'm wondering if it um let me just ask you has has it affected your viewing of the film have you been able to be impartial from that drama to review this accurately in your opinions the pr drama well i mean there's i mean it seems to be there's always something coming out there's shia labeouf stuff and then there's Harry Styles stuff, and there's people spitting on each other. There's people not showing up to press conferences. There's, uh, you know, rumors of people falling out. You know, there's uh, Jordan Peterson, you know, comparisons, and people are getting mad about that and or happy about that, and uh, just all kinds of stuff keeps coming out. It's like it's almost like there's uh, more stuff being revealed behind the scenes before the movie's even seen by the general public. You know, I think that is definitely hyping the film up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, certain things that happened during this, um, PR tour and that has come out in the past month actually, uh, make me like the film more just with some of, um, you know, revealing some of the casting choices and all that stuff. And I'm actually glad that some of those things that, um, I would not have known if people hadn't brought them up. Uh, I, I'm glad the casting choices were made the way they were and not the way they, um, were, um, going to be uh i do think 
the stuff that happened in Venice. Uh, I, I don't understand all the stuff that happened during the screening. It is very, I've seen the video. It <laughs> does definitely seem that someone was spit upon um, and not. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how anyone can get past that. I mean, that video seems pretty damn clear, uh, but I don't know. I don't see that in the film whatsoever. Like any yeah. um, things going on, but it, okay. I think honestly, no. all of like, there's so many things regarding what's happened prior to the film that it's mm-hmm. actually going to have, I think because of that a better opening weekend than if it hadn't. Okay, I so, think you're right. I, so, I, and you know me, I'm a, I don't give a shit and watch a thing about all this gossip and crap. I don't go on Twitter. I haven't seen the spinning video. I, 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 <laughs> I don't care. I'm Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. I don't care. Show me a good movie. <laughs> well, no, no. I, and I don't mean like. Well, I'm impartial for sure. Tell no, you no, right I, now. I'm saying I'm not, I'm not saying like if you're buying into the drama, but I think like when you read about this stuff, you get the impression of a train wreck. Like that's kind of like yeah. th- what the feeling is that they're trying to say is like, God, everything about this is just a mess. Yeah. Right. And so I guess what I'm saying, I mean, you're, so you're making your claim, Don, you're impartial, but like katie do you think that like in terms of what the film is in terms of what is presented on screen because you can tell when a movie sometimes movies have troubled production history and they come out shiny like the godfather and jaws and then there's some movies that are just they just seem they're not meant to be because they're just cursed from the beginning like do you think that affects the actual product on screen yeah like the lone ranger um, yeah, exactly. I, do not, I do not think that affected the product on screen, uh, on screen whatsoever. Cool. Um, but yeah, cool. I mean, knowing some of the stuff I know now, um, I actually think that the film is better that, um, than what it, um, was originally supposed to be because of, um, certain circumstances. I don't think a number of the things that have been said in the media. Yeah. I believe me. I do. If all those things are true. Uh, regarding um, pay pay gap, um, you know, pay the different pay with different stars and uh, right, right. all that stuff. I mean, that right there pisses me off, especially, yeah, there's a number of things with that. Um, but no, I don't, it did not, uh, um, for me, knowing what I knew, it did not affect the um, viewing of the film to me. And I actually think the film is actually much, much better than... Um, yeah, I agree. There's so many things coming out. It's almost like and Warner Brothers is trying because I think this was Warner. Yeah, it's oh, Warner. Well, it yeah. is Warner Brothers, so maybe they're trying to sabotage it so they can like you know write it off as a if the studio is going under. I don't know if that's the reason why all this stuff is coming out. I kind of think some of the things like that so they can like write it off as a tax thing. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know. There's certain studios when you have so much stuff that's going on behind the scenes. I mean, every film has stuff going on behind. Oh the yeah. Scenes. We just don't so hear when about you it. have certain right. ones that um, all of these things are coming out. I'm like, mm, someone's, someone's doing this on purpose. It's not. Yeah, someone's stirring the pot. Right. And I think for this, it was, this was more, I mean, if you want to not have um, a lot of marketing, like do all these stuff in the tabloids. And I mean, that's going <laughs> to pay that's press paying for itself. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe that was a calculated move on them to do that. And that's the crazy thing is because Warner is so broken, we hear about with their debt that they're bumping all these movies and rescheduling things because they can't pay the marketing things to put out more than one or two movies here in this closing quarter of the year where it sounds like it's going to be don't worry darling and black adam and then everything else is bumped because they can't afford it or they need some money to come in uh that I, at this point because of the crazy shit warner brothers does lately and the new ownership some of us are sitting here going you know what i wouldn't put it past them you know i wouldn't that, put it past crazy. them yeah i mean it still is hollywood no matter how mm-hmm. much you want it to change stuff like that it's i mean honestly and it's a that's the crazy thing is Look, all of a sudden, like bad, like we've always loved the expression. There's no bad press is still good press or there's no such thing as bad press. And all of a sudden you're right. It's going to get a bump just for people like I got to know how bad or how good this is. And it's exactly work. They're going to get tickets. Uh Crazy. Well, you guys should move on and talk about the film. I'm (laughs) going to step away. I mean, I'm going to see the film regardless because Gemma Chan is in it. And uh, 
Uh-huh. I love and her. you should, Literally. and you should yeah. for her. You should, yeah. really. Yeah. You should for a few other people than before Gemma, but go ahead for Gemma too. No, uh, but um, <laughs> she, I think that she uh, is one of those uh, one of those actors that, like, I think gets like she has the potential there, but like every project she picks is just to me anyway a little bit off. I know there's crazy rich Asian fans out there. I, I think it's fine. Um, but like, you know, she's in two Marvel movies, but she's in two of the most controversial ones, <laughs> you know, the mm-hmm. ones that don't get all the play. And she's been in a lot of stuff that I think, you know, I just, I just wish she could get that big break, but I will see yeah. it because of her. Cause I think she's brilliant. And obviously Florence Pugh's fantastic. And, and, and to tell you, I'm a huge book smart guy. I think book smart is same. Yeah, absolutely. Fan freaking tastic. I love book smart. So, oh, yeah. I mean, so I think, um, I'm going to give her like, when I found out she was directing this, I was, I mean, I was giving her the Jordan Peele treatment where I was like, I oh, will see it. Even if it looks like she's just taking a dump on camera for two hours. I'm going right. to do it. So, <laughs> so I, I, you know, so I, I, she gets the benefit of the doubt in my mind. So regardless of the drama, regardless of the bad reviews, um, Olivia Wilde, I think deserves my, my cash and I mm-hmm. will go see it, but I will leave the uh, discussion of the actual film with spoilers and such to you. I will step out. Just send me a message when you're done and I'll come back on and pretend like I had a jolly good old time when I'm probably going to just go cry in a corner for a while. So oh boy. <laughs> have a fun. good one guys. I'm going to step out just email me when you're done or whatever right. email. Do we do that still? Whatever. No, well, I'll face a message you, man. Don't worry. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks. Well, <laughs> all right, Katie, you are the guest. Your five minutes are first. All right. Don't worry, darling. Uh, Directed by Olivia Wilde, which I believe is her sophomore effort, uh, I think is a film that you should see in theaters. I'm just going to put it out there right now. Florence Pugh uh, plays Alice, a 1950s housewife living this idyllic uh, suburban um, or almost kind of suburban, like this utopian experimental suburban lifestyle with her husband Jack played by Harry Styles. Uh the film opens with one of those like little 1950s games where uh the women have, you know, glasses of bourbon on their head and everyone's smoking and the music's playing and everything is just a grand old time. It has this like set in this Mad Men majestic era production which right there is just uh a cornucopia of beauty for the eyes uh florence Pugh is absolutely outstanding uh as always which i think you know is an understatement and from the get-go there isn't i mean it the film just from the posters because i never watch trailers gives this uh feel of a film that uh came out in the 70s i'll reveal it in the spoilers like a couple of films i think this movie reminds me of it all it just immediately it gives me that's like okay what is this thing what is this movie supposed to be about like all the women uh you know take their uh husbands briefcases to their cars when they're leaving to go to work uh they make them breakfast they show uh you know everyone all the um housewives doing their domestic bliss and making sure that the house is uh you know that's their job and they need to make sure that um when the husbands get home from at work that Everything is good for them. And this is, you know, the 1950s ideal. It has amazing, an amazing soundtrack. The costume design is absolutely impeccable. Ariane Phillips, I see, getting a nomination for this because it is absolutely outstanding. But then there are a few uh, cracks in the china. Like one of the housewives is kind of muttering uh, she's not doing, you know, the whole thing that everyone else is doing and people notice that and, you know, little gossip and stuff. And that is, um, actress played by Kiki Lane, uh, who's playing Margaret. There's just so many things going on, um, that when you get to the reveal, it wasn't that big of a reveal to me, but then there's like a side hustle reveal that's like, okay, now the last 15, if even that, minutes of the movie, I just have all these questions going through my head. Like, what about this? And what about that? And hold on. Then 
where did this come from and why was this never mentioned? And then there are certain circumstances that are brought up that are even in the poster that come up that I'm just like, I don't even know what that means. I'm really trying to dig down to see if there's a significance about it or because it's mentioned, it's like, or it's shown like two times. I don't understand. Do I need to? Not necessarily. I don't need to be spoon fed everything. I don't need to have it like, oh, here's this, this, and this. But there's just certain things about it that it's like, I wish if they just would have given subtle hints to make us even wonder or like, oh, you know, that's this. I, I don't know. I'm being very vague, but it's just, it's one of those films that you don't want to give the full reveal away because honestly, like I said, there is a reveal, but there's the side reveal that it's like, oh, okay, well, I didn't see this coming, which that's the thing that just keeps you talking um, over and over and over. And for that, you know, if I'm talking about a movie um, constantly um, after I've seen it and still trying to figure out like different things about it, that to me, at least it's like it gets the old, um, you know, hamster in the wheel moving. And to, I think that's something that you need to see in the theater. Again, I think Olivia Wilde did a fantastic um, job of the direction. The production design is amazing. There's all these like impeccable pops of color. And Chris Pine does an amazing job in his role. Uh, I talked to Don about this earlier. Uh, he's got this like mysterious uh man uh that was very reminiscent to me of those um white-haired guys in these uh that played heavies in these movies in the 1970s like um Patrick O'Neill and Richard Widmark and James Coburn that always had this like nefarious kind of thing about them but they just exuded power that was just um that was just amazing without really saying anything or having like a huge like Germanic monologue which I think says so much uh, I do recommend this film. I think it has, uh, I don't know, I, it, not necessarily flaws, but I just wish it would have been a little bit more to me. But again, I just love trying to ex um, think in my mind, like, okay, what did this mean? Could this be this? And I do think it has some um, certain circumstances that are just truly horrific when you think of what um, the truth actually is. Uh, there's going to be a lot of spoilers I'm going to talk about, but yeah, I would definitely recommend seeing this film in the theater. Nicely done. A little done. bit over. <laughs> no, no. And I can tell you're trying so hard not to spoil it. And I love it. It's because this is a hard movie to talk it, about Yeah, and not spoil for four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, five minutes. Oh man. Yeah. Um, for me in my five minutes, I'll try to hit it here where, uh, I love a good mind fuck movie. Um, and it doesn't have to be explicit. It doesn't have to be crazy. It just has to mess with my head. And I like I like the loud ones. I like the subtle ones. I like, but I, I think the subtle ones are the ones that I enjoy the most because they they either pose the most questions or they do it in a sly way. Where um, what one stands out to me recently? Uh, the one I love with uh, Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss uh. from about ten years ago, where like you don't have to do much like you don't have to. And I know don't worry, darling kind of does the whole, you know, lavish us, you know, bathe us in gorgeous costumes and awesome production design and good sets and style all, all, all the way through. But at, in behind it all, there's a thousand things going. And I love that. And you can do that in a subtle way without being M night goddamn Shyamalan where everything has to hit <laughs> like a damn sledgehammer. And that's the cool part about don't worry, darling for me is that, I like this movie and it's a mind fuck of, of a semi high order because there are, there are a few places where you could have used a sledgehammer and really hammer something home. And it doesn't, it's, it stays sly. It still guards its mystery. It still puts style up front. It still has a, a villain that is, yeah, sure. Maybe it's obvious because we, we understand probably early that there's something nefarious going on, but at the same time, it's not, overly obvious because of that lack of sledgehammer um whether that's chris pine or whatever we want to not spoil for the next three minutes um but um i like a movie that gives me ideas and i like a movie that can do that in an original way and with presentation that that puts it in every like the more i think about the movie and like you i haven't stopped thinking about the movie since i saw it too yeah where there's there's a bunch of things that just come into my brain and go wow they're I'm starting to see more intention and not just happenstance where between the stylistic choices of um, 
of dress or I'm over here uh, pegging on the songs where, yeah, like it, it, we're toe tapping to, to 50s and 60s ditties. But at the same time, wait a minute, what are those lyrics saying? Or even the radio television or the radio programming in the background that's just kind of Chris Pine selling the, you know, selling, selling his bid and what, what the fancy utopian community is of what they're doing. And you're like, wait a second, what's he really saying? And like, wait, he's saying that, oh my gosh, he really means that. And as those implications and those seeds germinate through the movie, there's enough there to, to have me lean forward in my seat. Um, I do hear what people hear that the trailer of course probably gives too much away or it's really easy to guess. And I'm like, fine, a movie, a movie's going to be easy to guess. Um, I, I didn't take, it didn't take a trailer for me to go, Oh, they're probably going to mess with us here. And, and maybe this is not what it seems from either a romantic standpoint or a science fiction standpoint. And I didn't need that told to me or hidden from me. I can just go into a movie and go, all right, be on edge. Let's see where this goes. And I guess you could, from there, knowing that something is going to not be as what it seems, can it be executed in a way that makes it compelling for us, makes it interesting and asks and poses all those questions to, like you said, get our hamster wheel turning. And for me, this movie does uh, in spades. Uh, there's just so much to chew on, whether or not every bite is really fully seasoned, so to speak, if we're going to use food analogies, like, you, or there's an angle that's really clear versus another one that isn't. Uh, I'm with you, Katie. I don't need to be spoon fed. I love being in the dark of a good mind fuck movie, and I was. Uh, and if it if it, if a movie like this can impress me with style, impress me with Florence, um, and leave other things ambiguous where it makes me think, or even if my imaginations of it all are, go too far, go too little, the fact that my brain is cooking on it is is success enough for me. Because other movies that feel the need to telegraph how you're supposed to feel or what you're supposed to want out of this, to me, is an, is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. And, or or um, loses itself in the, in the trickery and not just saying, hey, invest in a few things along the way. And I think that's where Olivia and this story comes together to just massage that a little more sneakily than something that again uses a sledgehammer so i uh, i dig this movie i know this i'm gonna sound like film critic hyperbole and i don't do this but i would rather watch this movie again than nope i really would i don't give a shit about science fiction and alien blankets that have origami flesh to it and or you know <laughs> or like uh, the, the monkey thing the monkey thing was the best part of the note movie like give me a movie that just is the madden monkey from the tv show and skip all the other bullshit and i'm there but this movie for, for compared to that everything makes me wonder and everything i want more of versus like no i can just skip that and move on and this movie there's nothing i want to skip and move on from from this movie i want to know more about all of it and that's enough of a success for me all right, we, folks. Yeah, here. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, here. Let's do this first. We will break for a short announcement for our non-corporate partners and friends and come back with the spoiler warning lifted. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. All right, folks, welcome back. Katie and Don here. Will is sleeping and crying in a corner, so he says, I hope he's not, but I hope he's all right. But we're taking the spoiler banner off and uncorking. Don't worry, darling. Katie, you're first. Okay, so agree to disagree on okay. um, the whole thing with Nope. I love Nope. I love so oh, many aspects of Nope. It's uh, so good. I, I mean, I just, yeah, total personal preference thing for me, you know? Yeah. Not a, not a reduction of quality at all. Yeah. No, I mean, these... This film does have a lot of mysteries um, that are very similar to Nope. Uh, but one of the things I love about this film so much, and we've t talked about this beforehand, are the dialogue and this. The script is great. And just the little things that it's like, I don't know if you noticed when uh, Alice was on the trolley just riding around mm -hmm. and all of the signs that were on the trolley. Did you notice that? 
No, tell me more or remind uh, me. So there are signs on the trolley that say what you see here, what you do here, what you hear here, uh, let it stay here. And <laughs> yes. all right. And I, I, it's like, I was like, Ooh, and it's like, you know, it's one of the things mm -hmm. that it's like discretion is a privilege and yeah. it's, um, it's, that's kind of the subtlety that it's like, it's secrets aren't it's secrets and lies are there's, there's just a very fine line between the two mm. of them because I love the way you spell that out. That's cool. yeah. It's, um, and that's what I think is the brilliance of this film. There's just so many, it's like people are, are they lied to, but they're not necessarily a secret. And that's what I think really um, this film touches on because there's so many things that um, are just sprinkled in that honestly you don't see again. Um, yeah. And we discuss this, like there's this whole thing um, when I mentioned in my opener, there's uh, the whole thing with the plane like there's mm -hmm. a plane falling from the sky. You see that um, twice, really, in the film. Yeah. Like words, and then, but then I, I still to this point have no idea what that means, other mm -hmm. than the fact that the two people who, who saw it then end up um, waking up from whatever uh, they um, where they are. Now the films that I definitely got a feel for, which I think everyone it's very obvious like the whole stepford wives thing is like okay sure. is this the thing where you know the um you know it's 1950s so the guys are in charge and like let's what make the women subservient it's like because that's where they should be just look pretty make us a meal and um smile and mm -hmm. i'm like okay are we doing a you know a documentary about the mormon society because that's kind of what <laughs> that um feels like but sure um but the uh but yeah, so I immediately got that Stepford Wives thing. But then when you get that reveal and then there's a deeper reveal that it's not only just um, it's the Stepford Wives, but also like a Matrix kind of mm -hmm. surrogates feel like almost Ready Player One sort of thing. But right. then is it because that's only with one character or possibly more characters? But then there's a different character who then has a reveal. It's like, no, I want to be here because this is where my children are because they're still alive. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's a whole other deeper yeah. thing that we could have gotten into that. It's like, so are there more people like that? Because there's definitely a character that when they're bringing up different people, they're saying like, yes, you know, and you know, this woman, because she's always pregnant. And I'm like, so was there something with that? And that's where, as we discuss, it's like, that's the brilliance of it where it's like, I, yeah. now this is making me think it's like, Okay, what's going on here? Is this that? And I don't necessarily need to be spoon fed it, but I mm -hmm. wish there just were like subtle things that it's like that even the characters like blip on that it brings them back to their reality. Um, I do like we had discussed um, at the beginning, you know, all the controversy at um, regarding the film, like all the press about the film. And honestly, I do think that um, there's a lot of things that maybe the marketing team, it's like, look, if we can't pay for posters and commercials and all that stuff, let's just go back to the 1950s and um, make up a lot of headline um, tabloid stuff and get people talking about it. Cause I know everyone that I work with was asking me about this. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> even if they haven't seen anything about it, they just have seen all the clips and all that stuff. Uh, knowing what I do know about the film, I know that uh, Olivia Wilde had originally thought she would play the film, but um, lead uh, Alice, but then she saw Midsummer and chose Florence Pugh. And I think that is a, definitely a brilliant choice. I also I know that with the controversy with Shia LaBeouf, um, that he, you know, was fired, but then he quit and all that stuff. I seeing the film and knowing that I do not see him playing the character of um, Alice's husband, Jack. Like I agree. Alice, um, the character of Alice needs to have that huge um, as person that really knows how to captivate the screen and all that stuff. And you need uh, her husband, Jack, to be someone who is very pretty and is nice to look at. But there shouldn't be. She, he, that person should not take away from anything that mm -hmm. Alice does. And I think Harry I Styles, which I mean, that may sound like an insult. Harry Styles does a good job of that. I mean, he's very yeah. pretty to look at. They're both playing these, you know, 
sex grave newlyweds like oh look how pretty they are and they're equally pretty they equally have like great chemistry there are you know two scenes where you actually see him like really act and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but um i think the casting in this was just um chef's kiss uh i'm right there with you like shia you know especially if you have florence in there and florence is what 26 shy is probably 36 i don't know and i know you could do the 50s may december thing a little bit but like when you see an actor like shy especially lately you know there's a thousand things going on behind his eyes where he wouldn't yeah. be able to mask what we need jack to mask or to be as um to be as i i guess um to be as duped and as convinced and as um in on the you know, in on the, the the snake oil as as Harry would be being a little bit deer in the headlights uh, with Harry. And again, I love why you say just pretty and not to say Shia LaBeouf's not a handsome man, but like it's it's tough to if you were to shave him and you know, clean shave and do the 50s quaff and do all that. I don't know if Shia could get there anymore. Um, there was a time he could. I don't know if he's there anymore. Um yeah, so I, I I thought Harry was a good choice. I mean, he is outmatched, as everyone's trying to say, in, across from Florence. But I I, I kind of step back and go, you know what? I I don't want him to match her. He yeah he doesn't ha- doesn't want to or have to push back and, and make this a conflict. He doesn't want it to be a conflict. So you're not going to get conflict out of that character or out of that actor. Whereas Florence poking every hole and wondering every wonder and stressing every stress is going to unravel and be 200% higher than, than her husband is. And that's fine. Go ahead and lap him, you know, go go ahead and kick his butt in every scene. And I didn't need Harry to be a dominant thing. Could it, could that add a dimension to the movie where if, if you're heavy, it's going to be Chris Pine and a heavy, a little bit from on high and a heavy, a little bit from afar, other than those scenes where he interjects himself into what they do. Could you have had, a secondary antagonist, so to speak, or a bigger, pushier presence from that husband right there at home? Maybe. But um, Chris Chris is so good. And here we go back to casting. Like you said, um, the fact that this is Chris Pine and not what I was thinking when we were talking, somebody overly obvious as a wacko. Um, like if this was, I, I used a, a younger Christopher Walken, you know, a, cl- a clear dude who's a wacko. This was John Malkovich 20 years ago. Like somebody you look at and go, oh, yeah, that guy's that guy's up to no good. Or even Shia or Ben Foster or any of these twitchy, weird, wacko, you know, character actor people. It's Chris Pine, who's a damn good looking man who has all kinds of charisma, who does not need to shout, pontificate and overact his stuff. He can just be smooth as a martini coming out with his lines, his snake oil, his his um, mission, his um, intentions, his motivations. And I love that dinner scene where, you know, it, it's an unconventional way for a villain to kind of out themselves because he, he's so fucking confident that he can just go to Florence in that moment alone and go, I got you and I can do all this because I can. Yeah. Doesn't even, doesn't say it in those obl- uh, oh, uh, in those obvious uh, blunt ways, but just that way that like he exudes his control so slyly and so good where he knows no one will believe her. They'll all believe him. And he flexes that. And it's so damn cool. Well, and he goats her like yep, at, in absolutely. her home in the kitchen. He's like, I, oh, I'm looking right forward there to too. Seeing, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do. It's like he's goading her to mm-hmm. do that because he knows it's like, look, once you do that, no one's going to believe you. Yeah, gonna and you're going to make it anyway, worse for yourself. But now yep. they're really going to just go, oh, she's lost it. And, um, and that confrontation that, dinner scene is great. Oh, and Gemma Chan Oof. in that. Yep. Oh, my God. She's Shuts amazing. That has one of my favorite lines in the film, though, that it's like advertisers are where I really express myself. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, that's so 1950s, like, perfection. It's just yeah. so good. And, to diffuse, um, to, 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 to diffuse, to deflect, to not acknowledge, you know, strife happening. Like no one's going to bring up bad household things, but then these two do. And yeah, the, the lines come out so good. Oh, yeah. And the fact it's just a subtle thing. Like when they're sitting down at dinner and she takes the um, the head chair like away from Jack, mm-hmm. her husband, like he's mm-hmm. about to sit down. She's like, whoop, she go, he goes in and you see 
that yeah. subtle smile on Chris Pine's face where he knows it's like, and I got Here her. It comes. She's gonna lose yep. it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, let the ride yeah. begin. Yep. My um, flex will be your flex, but go ahead and try, girl. Like it's it's so nefarious without being like I said, I, I feel like in a different movie, this would get overacted to death, you know? Or 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 this dinner scene would have too many moving parts, like something like um August Osage County, where there's that based on a play, but also really good, where there's that that truth telling family blow up dinner where it's more Julia and Merrill, but all of a sudden, you know, uh Dermot Mulrooney's there and there and Benedict Cumberbatch is there and Julian Nicholas, like so many moving parts that you take away from no no no. All we need is mano a mano and a lot of napkins and a lot of rolled eyes and a lot of still forks. And that's kind of all you need. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's like when I was thinking of him, I um, and then thinking back on the film. And mm-hmm. I mean, again, this is one of those things where it really does feel like Stefford Wives. He totally yeah. gives that Patrick O'Neill vibe. Like, it's just this man of power. You don't see him a lot because it is a rarity. He is mm-hmm. such a big deal and stuff. And um, like, but when he's on screen, I mean, he's Ledger. he's the person on screen that you want to like everyone is just in awe of. And mm-hmm. that's exactly how Patrick O'Neill was in the Stepford yeah. Wives and where I get that um connection. If we're gonna like really spoil and do the spoil, spoil, spoil. Hit it. Uh you knew you and I talked about this, and um the one thing. I mean, there's many things, but one of the things that uh, really disturbed me is that um, when you realize that it's, um, is it a step for wives thing? Yes and no. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the fact that for Alice, this is a step for wives thing. Her husband um, or her boyfriend or her significant other, um, when you get into the modern world of, you know, the 2020s, uh, he stays at home. He's not the suave guy. He's not necessarily Mr. Absolutely gorgeous. You know, he's fine, Mm -hmm. but she's like an accomplished surgeon. Like she's working all day and he doesn't have a job. So, um, he, uh, you find out that he's like going into or listening to Chris Pine, almost like this cult podcast thing, but Mm -hmm. that's convincing him that it's like, if they do this, he can have a better life. You know, this is a life that you deserve. This is a life that, uh, Jack thinks he deserves, not necessarily right. that Alice deserves. So when you see this big reveal of what's going on and they're both going to lay on this bed and they have like, this is just a mind game that's going on. It's right. a mind manipulation. And Alice is like strapped. She's like shackled to the bed, like her feet mm. and her hands. When someone dies in this um, scenario, in this 1950s utopia that they're in, they die in the real world. So when Alice is trying to get out of this utopia, and here's the thing, I don't think she even knows that because you hear the doctor that's right. in this utopia say that. It's like, you know, when he dies, like, yeah. you know, he's done the real world. Uh, it, when If she's getting out of that utopia and is going to be in the real world, she's then going to be next to a dead body and shackled to the bed. Like, mm-hmm. this is a whole different nightmare than she was yeah. originally in. And that, to me, is something that I don't think a lot of people are realizing when they watch this. And it's like, look, it may not be great where she is. Or, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's You just don't have your freedom or your free will or just who you mm-hmm. are. But at least you're going to be free. Because, I mean, right. when she gets out, she's going to have a decomposing body and then who knows uh-huh. when she's gonna uh so someone's gonna be able to free her so that's yeah or like now we're what, doing, it's a whole horror movie right like what upkeep is needed to keep her in that bed like a new iv every two hours who knows like something like that where just and that's the thing like if people that's the hamster wheel like it, it once and that i think there's also a, a slickness to there's not a lot of exposition rules so to speak of what comes out of this movie's denouement so to speak where we 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 hear like rule like you're saying the trolley science and we hear rules of like oh no 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 the men go to work and the women stay here like there's those rules we hear a little bit but once you leave the whatever we're going to call it the simulation there's no rules after that other than like i guess that's like you said i guess the clue we get is podcasts and the husband's controlling these wives or someone setting up keeping everyone here 
But then you get to, like you said, Olivia Wilde's character of like, there's people who've chosen to be here. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother boom goes the dynamite thing. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like, like that's happening too. Like we thought this was all just husbands only. Maybe it's, there's some people are in cahoots about this or is it now the husband that's in the dark? And then yeah. and we, and then the, 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 the next twist of Gemma Chan knocking off Chris Pine, like, now you knock off the cult leader and she's exu- you know exercising whatever she's going to exercise like was she get puppeteering him and like who knows like there's just so much that you can dig into this movie and and as we're saying like that I'm very okay to grab my own spoon for and not have their spoon and just relish in the in the thought of man where is all that going or even just the 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 cutaways of like the 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 kaleidoscopic dancers and like who uh-huh. like all if, if every single one of those people are citizens of victory they're all there of the are they are they poly where they want to be there or are they duped there like are we watching control people or are we watching the controllers and now everything gets flipped on its head when you try to step step back in the movie and go well now what's real and what's not and then what's this and what's that who's in and who's out I love that. That's that's mindfuck stuff I love. Yeah, because I mean there's like I mean talking about the trolley, the trolley driver. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going to deep dive like okay, so I mean and this is like a total weird thing but I mean there's the husbands and wives like you know mm-hmm. uh like we discussed like controlling the women or you know yeah. their their children but then you had characters like the trolley driver what is your what is your motivation like why or, would you be there like or are or is you... that like in like a video game is that an npc yes you know, exactly is that, is that just that's is why... that just an algorithm like yeah. the models in the mall who are just standing there modeling vacuums and swimsuits are they just are they real people who are just trapped and forced to do those weird little jobs or are they just simulations in the simulation crazy stuff. and and that's yeah because that's one of the things i um and our red men too yeah those those guys like the red people just you know virus killers in a computer manifested as humans in in their suits like who knows at that point and who knows if they're actually red or if they're just red in alice's eyes because when you Mm, see her in the modern world and it's like the custodian is wearing a red so it's like you know this is his job this is what he does so is that right her interpretation of them and then to different people they're wearing different outfits or yeah. and, but that scene where they're like running up the hill to her, um, mm. you know, when she's trying to get out. I mean, it was absolutely gorgeous. Like this is yeah. a visual stunner, like from beginning oh, I know. to end. The, like, the, and the car chase across the salt flats and yeah. I mean, the Palm Springs mansions that they live in is gorgeous. Gorgeous. And it's like, you know, the enemy of progress is chaos. It's like there's mm-hmm. just so many things that it's like it honestly is so cultish. And yeah. I wonder if, you know, um, or I, th- my personal theory on this is like everything about this, like, you know, the women have to listen to the radio station throughout the day. And then when right. the TV on, it's that, because it's like, if, I mean, you know, at some point their bodies are dreaming. So you just mm-hmm. have to keep having those memories of Frank in your head. Yeah. So you don't the actually immersion. have like go back to who you really are. Right. And so, which is and that, and I, those flickers that we get in Florence, like we show, we see the, the single, the singles frame flickers of like, wait, whoa, does she have a life elsewhere? Like what, what's he look like? We see bearded Harry Styles and like something, something else. It, the clues are there and it's, oh, it's fascinating. Oh yeah. I do think, um, I wish Kiki Lane had been in it a little bit more. I mean, I know that she was just supposed to be like this, like, okay, this is the, uh, she's a harbinger, right? Yeah. And this is the crack in the, um, crack in the, in the China and the crack in the, um, crack in the dam. That's just going to flood. But the scenes that she were in was just absolutely amazing. I just think she's a fantastic actress and I want to see her in more things. But I mean, again, this is Florence Pugh's movie. Like she mm-hmm. is just, Absolutely. I'm loving every. Like we were talking about it. Like after we saw the film, we were going through, um, her catalog of films, and it's like mm-hmm. I just my first, uh, my first experience with her on screen was Lady Macbeth. 
Ooh, and yep. seeing that, and I mean, I just didn't know much about it. I, I, or I can't remember why I saw it. I think it had something to do with her. I just saw it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a whirl. And it was just like a random movie. It's not like it got a lot of um, screen no. time or press or anything like that, but it, I got to see it in the theater. And I was like, Ooh, all right, it's a Friday nice morning. Work. Let's do it. So this is obviously way, way pre-COVID. Um, and just seeing her in that film, I was like, this chick is going to be huge. Yeah. And she like, was like, 20, wow. You know, yeah, she's she's a special talent. And and easily, um, I, I'm, I have no bones putting her on the list of like top five best actresses working today under 30. You know, her, oh, Saoirse yeah. Ronan, like she's there. I know, I know Saoirse's been doing it since she's a kid and has five Oscar nominations to show for it. But Florence, Florence will climb as well as she does. And I know the Marvel stuff will boost her cred on other places. But when she if she keeps doing stuff like this, Little Women, like if she does, you know, uh, one for them and two for me, like a filmmaker does she'll keep impressing us for a very long time well and it's one of those things i know um marvel gets such bad raps with different um people and it's like oh i can't believe they're gonna do marvel and all this stuff I'm like here's the thing marvel pays the bills so that you can do those yep. small um little independent mm -hmm. films that maybe don't have a budget and you don't necessarily have to get paid and you can right. like have more it can go more to the production design so that this film can get made those are things mm -hmm. that I think people forget about that. It's like independent Maybe. films still cost money, but you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you have someone who believes in it so much that it's like, look, you give me a little bit of this and just spend it on the rest of it so that you don't have to spend $3 million on like a name star that they would normally get, or, you know, um, more than that for a film that a Marvel movie can actually pay for. So right. it's like people, Quit knocking Marvel. Like, let these stars do Marvel so that then they can make uh, these fantastical independent films and give, you know, keep that talent spreading, um, spreading all over the place. Yeah, it keeps the business going. Simple as that, especially yeah. post COVID here. And I noticed that this movie's budgeted as reportedly between 20 and 35. And you know what? That's a perfect niche of and 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 yet you still see like you have a movie that is extremely low on visual effects if there's met paintings and extra little layers here and there maybe but like it's it's economical with with um getting a lot from a little you know um where you, yeah you throw in the 50s cars in the great in the great architecture that you're in and you go from there with good story and at the same time by having all these questions and having all these layers and doing it in small ways you have enough going on where you don't don't need to blow the doors off the place. This doesn't, like you said, this doesn't have to be the matrix where we pull back a really big curtain to show a really big thing. No need. Just let, let, let the implications steer mm -hmm. you from there and just let your brain go on it. And for, I think this is for me, this is one of those things where I'm reading a lot of, I've written my review. I never read other people's reviews until I finish my own, but I'm, I'm reading other people's stuff where they're like, just, they're just, straight bashing it for whatever reason they are because they just don't get it or or it tries too much and in the in their aimlessness i see brilliance because there's so much going on i when i see this much going on and this much like i said implications i i i'm impressed more than i'm lost and i i wish other people weren't as i don't know short-sighted with it so I agree with that. I was impressed more than I was lost. I mean, one of the, I don't know if anyone has written about this, but that scene where she's cooking and she uh, buys the eggs and she like cracks it and it's yeah. just a shell. And I think mm -hmm. that says so much uh, about the film that it's like all these people are just shells of who they really are. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think that's very subtle at all. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, that's the thing is like, I don't see a wishy-washy attempt at any of the ideas answered or unanswered in this movie. Mm -hmm. All of it's super intentional. Yeah, very much so. Even if you didn't see some of the stuff, like you didn't see the stuff mm -hmm. on the trolley. <laughs> right. I you mean, know, like, it's, just dig and deeper. it's very yeah. subconscious. That's the thing. It's like this, these subconscious messages that are going on and mm -hmm. that's throughout the film. So yeah. I'm, I know uh, a friend of mine asked me if I would see it again. And I said, well, yeah, I'll always go. I always want people to go to the movies Same. and I'm like, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. And like really looking at different things um, closer. 
Yeah, same here. I just um I would love to watch it again to just um kind of pay attention to Chris Pine, maybe listen to those radio broadcasts a little more. I, I know I'm uh I know it's probably just a repeat of the same speeches he gives at his parties, but I want to hear like the delivery of it and a little bit more of it and then to hear the podcast version of it that comes in the you know that comes from later and yeah and to why i just i want to pick up more clues i want to pick yes. up where more like can i read more people of who's in on it who's not between these husbands we meet enough husband and wife couples where like you said there's the really new guy who's excited to be there but then the wife was kind of shell-shocked a little like well then who's 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 the in one is it the wife who's shell-shocked who's just trying to get used to this place and the really excited husband is the is the one soaking up this new amazing thing or is it or is it him and she's shell-shocked the same way our other women are shell-shocked so i I would love to break all that down in my head and watch it one more time so yeah oh yeah and i mean to end that i mean with the end like when you have you told me to come back and you're talking (laughs) about the end be be gentle katie be gentle what the okay i'm gonna i'll I'll be back in a minute okay oh okay okay one minute 30 seconds i swear okay (laughs) all right so when you have uh you know the crash with the doctor and Mm -hmm. um you know i would take it that the doctor is the one who is you know in charge of giving everyone their different medications and uh you know with the you know where they are at their homes or and wherever they are where this is going on now that he met his demise what does that mean for actually everyone in that utopian society does it all collapse and then you have have frank's death does it all collapse or does does gemma keep it going who knows i mean gemma can keep it going like with leadership but i mean as far as the medical aspect of it it's like if he's the one who knew how to do this and obviously i would think this is not something that everyone's going to be like oh sure let's do it because i'm you know who knows? Is France is Florence Pugh like? Is she missing? Is like what's going on with that? But mm-hmm. now that he now that he met his demise, like seriously, what is going to happen with everybody there? Like oh, that man. is going that, to be such a debacle. And that's the fun part. Like here, I guess my last question to you, and this can be, and if Will walks in on this, it won't be a bad thing. Would this have been better stretched out as some cable miniseries, I where you can so, dive yes. a little deeper? I think so. Yes. I think to go a little deeper, this would have been um, definitely like, you know, like an eight um, or even like a five episodic uh, series or whatnot, possibly mm-hmm. eight. I don't think it yeah. could be like one with like multiple seasons and stuff like that, but definitely right. going into more of those aspects that it's like, okay, the different people and, you know, an episode on each yeah. couple and why they're there and what it's about. Cause you know, it's not all nefarious. Like some of it's it true. has beautiful points to it. And mm-hmm. that I think would have been or very, um, or nice very understandable, see. very understandable human needs of wanting to be tricked. Yeah. 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 Ooh, I, I, part of me would dig that because it would do more, but at the same time, that would also pull back more of that curtain that I, that I'm okay. Not knowing, you know, like, go ahead and leave me, go ahead and leave me guessing. True. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let Will try to drop in the chat that we're clear. We'll see what happens from there. Hey, how you doing? Well, and then when the dog, no, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Hollywood kills a dog in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I wish. Just kidding. I don't, well, I don't wish that. I'm sorry. So Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, we were we were actually making fun of M. Night Shyamalan, where I say M. Night Shyamalan hits his twist with sledgehammers because he just he thinks we need a sledgehammer to hit us. And this movie, to me, doesn't. It hits it with a just different way. My computer was on mute. So did I say that twice or did you only hear it once? I don't know. Oh, let the tape decide later. I wasn't yeah, paying right. attention. So, I mean, it was funny usual. the first time I did it, but yeah, the second time maybe. it probably isn't as funny. You know, it was just a one. Well, Will, yeah. this is going to be a funny episode for you to listen to, hopefully after you see it. And and now, if that means we all have to come back and like, now Will gets to talk too. We can do a Don't Worry Darling too if we ever have to. No, I, we don't have to do that. Oh, don't don't worry, cool. darling. I won't. I wouldn't mind that at all because I would love to yeah. hear your insight into. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. Will I'd like to hear what you have to say? Yeah, blow up blow up our group chat. 
You that's where it want can happen. to hear something I have to say? That's awesome. Don never does that. Nope. So. <laughs> well, here's, the, here's the one thing I want to always hear from you, Will. The outro to the show. No, no, no. Well, okay. Right. You ever have those? I mean, maybe you don't because you're all normal people that have, don't have like uh, crushing self doubt and self hatred. But um, yeah, uh, I, like when I when I met Katie, I was just like, oh yeah, she's gonna think I'm stupid and, and dumb, and then she's always really nice to me. So I really Aww. appreciate that, Katie. Thanks so much. Um, that means a lot to say that you actually want to hear what I have to think about something because I usually tell people what I have to say all the time, and they don't care for it. So it's nice that somebody does. So thank you. Oh, um, you are welcome. And if you didn't know, I'm also a very good actress. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Zing. No, but I am a very good actress too. Um, but oh, no, I always love, I mean, you guys know, I love talking to you guys about um, films. Like uh, I, I mean, I love the respect you give me. I know that should be a given, but honestly it's not. And I love, uh, the uh, tit for tat that we give, um, we can d- agree and disagree on films and still, uh, you know, doing in a way where it's not demeaning and uh, mm-hmm. also fun. And I mean, yeah. your brain, your film brains are, you know, as equal to mine, which I will always, always love. And um, yeah, I would be on here every episode if I could. Like, it's always a pleasure talking to you, gentlemen. Right, right. I do, I do appreciate Ooh. that you're not you're not hurting Don's feelings by like by saying our film minds, cinema minds. I mean, I know you're just talking about. Me, I think she just meant that you. our two combined <laughs> minds are actually equal to her one mind. True. Where thank God there's two of us. So uh-huh. boys, boys, you're, look, boys, you're both pretty. So uh, no need to. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Um, only a face made for radio that only a mother could love. So that's that's kind of what I what I come up with. Um, before we before I do the official outro, which you know I'm so good at, um, you should know, and who God knows when this episode's going to come out because we've got hidden Halloween episodes, we've got mm-hmm. uh, more Ken Reed episodes, we've got uh, all kinds of stuff uh, that's either come out or is coming out, or who knows who knows where I'm talking. I could be you could be listening to this in twenty one thirty six, and you know. The world's run by robots, and who knows? But uh, in general, around the time we recorded this, uh, actually the day after, wait, hold on. What am I saying? The day before. The day before we recorded this, we did have our second, uh, you know, uh, live jamorama, whatever the hell you want to call it, where like it was me and Don and Katie and Mike and Hayden. And we all got together in Chicago and uh, at the Laugh Factory, and we discussed uh, a little scene uh, indie <laughs> film called The Last Jedi. And we all talked about it. Um, so you guys should check that out on YouTube. It's under the You'll Probably Agree banner, but that just came out. Um, and as as you can tell, since we're doing a video about The Last Jedi in 2022, it's very timely. So... <laughs> Even if you are listening to this in uh, 2156, I'm sure there's still going to be internet people that are arguing about that movie. So uh, you can hear our discussion about it, which I think was pretty, I think we were pretty, pretty fair and competent. No one yelled at anybody. No one's childhood no. was destroyed or. I dropped you know. some F-bombs. You sure did. You did. You Delicious have a very dirty, dirty, dirty mouth, but that's fine. That's, that's okay. Especially when it comes to, I, you know, when my blood gets boiling, the sailor comes out on me. And um, I don't even know what that means. I don't know why, it, you know, sailors are known for. <laughs> so you know how to tie lots of weird knots. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. But don't um, that's cool. But yeah, uh, when I get angry, you guys don't want to see me when I'm angry because then I just start dropping some F-bombs um, and that movie makes me drop them. <laughs> well, that's not a great way to promote a video that's online. You don't want to see me when I'm angry. We actually <laughs> do because it's a video. So we actually want to see you angry and we're okay. going to. You will. Uh, you'll probably agree, which is headed by Mike Crowley. Like I said, it's kind of like the Avengers team up. I think our group chat is called Avengers Assemble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adorable. <laughs> um, who would who would everyone be? I mean, we're one short. We had five people, so we're missing one. Ooh, and nobody uh... say nobody say nobody's Hawkeye because he is probably the most important Avenger. We all know this. 
I've like 12 I arrows, be, guys. I would be Captain America. You're damn right. Uh, I'm, so. down, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Um, Don? Don, what are you? Who are you? Oh, man. I don't know. I, on the spot, I can't think. Um, see, I don't rage monster up, so I can't. I, I feel like I'm a smart guy like Bruce, but I'm not going to get it. The I'm always angry, so it's not that. That's not me. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm not a doofus like Thor. Thank goodness. Um, uh, I'm not cool enough to be Tony Stark. None of us in the room are. Um, I think we're all. Ab- I don't know, man. Are we, are we all? Are we all Hawkeyes? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a Hawkeye. I mean, just that's because I want to be Hawkeye. Um, no, I'm Black Widow. I mean, because I look good in uh, <laughs> a really skin tight latex. Uh, cat suit so oh, oh dear that's, that's how i showed up in the video so go watch that that's a tease right there <laughs> um anyways anyway if you don't want to watch that I, I suggest you do but if you don't or if you do you can also multitask you can follow us on twitter at cinephile fit and on facebook at cinephile his fit podcast also find us both on letterbox thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation Cinephile Hissy Fit is a 25YL media podcast brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes, Banana Meter, and we are charter members of the new Independent Film Critics of America group. If you enjoyed this show, Ruminations Radio Network has more where that came from with wonderful programs and interesting hosts. Our show and others are available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. 